UTL Radio welcomes you to this episode of Understanding Business, a weekly radio program focused around business and personal development topics. The program is hosted by nationally recognized business attorney Peter Lamont and is a service of the law offices of Peter J. Lamont and Associates. As always, we welcome input and feedback from you, the listener, and we encourage you to join in the conversation by calling the live program at 347-855-8831 or by contacting us via our social media sites. Links to our various sites are listed on our main website, utlradio.com. Please note that this broadcast does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship with any of our listeners. And now, your host, Peter Lamont. Good morning and welcome to episode 86. Uh, we're going to be doing something a little bit different today. We've got a uh, a great number of guests lined up for the rest of the month. And today we're going to uh, introduce all those guests coming up. And uh, we're going to answer some questions today. We haven't done this in a while where we have not had a guest. So I thought it would be a good idea to uh, try to get through some of the questions, the legal questions that have been asked and that will be coming in during the show um, and um, then talk about what's coming up this month because there's a lot of great shows that you really should not miss. But before we do that, I just want to thank our sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by Audible, the leading provider of audiobooks on the Internet. Audible has a massive library of more than 100,000 audio programs, and they're providing our listeners with an exclusive offer. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash UTL radio and you can download a free audiobook, no strings attached, and you get a uh, 30-day free trial. It really is, um, you know, something special that they're doing for us. That's why they've given us that special URL. Um, again, it is audibletrial.com forward slash UTL radio. It's free, really free. So just get your free book. If you don't want to continue with them, so be it, but get your free book. Also free, I want to remind you, is our app. And uh, as I I noted last time, um, we've seen an uptick in downloads of the app and people using the app, and I'd like to thank you for that. And I want to just remind everybody that this app, which is exclusively available for the iPhone and uh, iPad, available on the iTunes store, is more than just another lawyer app. It's really not an advertisement app, as so many of the the law firm apps are. This is a functional app. It gives you access to all of our video library. It allows you to stream live not only our, our current show and shows, but you can go back through our archive and search it and listen to it on your phone. Uh, There's statute of limitations in New York and New Jersey available on the site. Obviously, there's a way to contact us, but more importantly, and the the feature that we see most people utilizing is the Ask a Lawyer a Question feature. This is a free service. There is no catch. There is no come on. There is no uh, in-app purchase. This is simply go to the app, download it. If you have a legal question, ask it on your iPhone or iPad. It goes directly to a licensed attorney in our office, and we give you an answer back. Um, You know, we've been checking on people to see how they like the app. Those people have asked questions. We've uh, we've called them back and asked them to rate what we're doing, and we've received 
very, very positive feedback, and I appreciate that. So download the app, uh, ask your questions. It certainly beats searching on the Internet for someone to answer your question. You have no idea who really is answering the question, whether it's a non-lawyer, a paralegal, somebody that uh, has no idea what they're talking about. This at least gives you that opportunity, and it's a free service. We do it for the same reason that we do this radio show and all of the other shows, because I want to give back to the community in a way that makes sense. And while we do charitable work, um, I think that being able to give information to people is a very valuable commodity. I think that far too many people in the legal profession want to keep it under wraps and make it very secretive, um, you know, maybe because they don't want people to know what they're paying for. I don't know. But uh, I'd like to consider myself as that magician that revealed all the secrets and all the other magicians hated him. I don't think everybody hates me yet, but my point is that like that magician, I want to sort of um, open the curtain, let people see, let them know what their legal rights and obligations are, let them understand how litigation works. Because if you are an informed uh, client, you are going to be a better client. You're going to understand more. You're going to understand how things work. And I think that's very important. So that's the purpose of what we're doing. It's the purpose of the app, the purpose of this show, and all of our other shows. I also want to remind you that, you know, as we are just saying, your feedback is so important because it allows me to provide you with the best guests, the best information, and the best content possible. So please let us know what you think of today's shows, or today's show and, and any of our other programs by posting your comments on social media. We have Facebook pages, we have Twitter account, Google+, YouTube, or you could email us directly at info at utlradio.com. Links to all of the, the social media pages can be found on our main site, which is utlradio.com. Finally, if you'd like to ask uh, any questions today as we start going through some of the legal Q&A, please feel free to do so. Call into the show. The call-in number is 347-855-8831. We'll get you on the air. You can ask your question, and I will give you an answer. Um, also want to remind you that if you are downloading this at a later date and you don't have a pen handy to write down when the guests are coming on and who you might want to see, go over to utlradio.com. There is a programming schedule. And on the homepage, it's uh, going to give you a list of all of the upcoming guests. And believe me, we do have a um, a good number of guests. So before we get into the legal Q&A, I just want to give you the rundown of who is going to be coming on the show in the month of October. So next Thursday, October 9th, we're going to have professional photographer Rick Garrity on the show. Um, Rick is an instructor. He is a uh, professional photographer and uh, he has a, a, you know, a 25 year career plus um, and he has done all sorts of, of shoots with BMW, Canon, IBM, Panasonic, um, Ole Cassini, Olympus, he has, uh, he has photographed Paul Newman. He's photographed Sylvester Stallone, Danica Patrick, Kevin Smith, Oliver Stone, Charlie Sheen, Bruce Willis. I mean, this guy is not 
um, an amateur or someone who calls himself a professional. Rick is the real deal. He is an instructor at Unique Photo, which is up in uh, the Fairfield area in in New Jersey. And we're going to talk to Rick about the business of photography. So you go to school or you study on your own and you learn how to be a, a photographer. You go out, you buy the cameras, you know, you're you're all ready to go. You've got your pro gear, your your pro experience. Now you want to make a business of it. And how are you going to do that? What things are important? What do you need to know? How do you protect your images? How do you protect your name? What sort of contract do you need to have with your clients? How important is it to have a contract? So all of those issues are going to be discussed with Rick. Um, you can... Call in next Thursday during the live program and ask those questions to him live. Again, the call-in number is 347-855-8831. It's listed on the top of utlradio.com, so you can uh, you can find it later on. Or why don't you start sending in your questions? There, everybody, everybody that I have spoken to is very excited about this show, and almost everybody seems to have some level of interest in photography, be it amateur or professional. Uh, and this is your chance to uh, to speak to Rick. I mean, you'd have to go and pay for one of his seminars. This is free. Call in, ask your questions, send us an email, tweet it, put it on Facebook, and we will ask the questions next week or call in and talk to Rick live. So there's going to be, I, I, I'm very excited, a ton of valuable information coming out of next week's show with professional photographer Rick Garrity. Now, the following week, which is October 16th, we have celebrity chef Fabio Viviani. Those uh, people who follow Top Chef will recognize him. He is, uh, well, he started, um, you know, as a small-time chef, um, really sort of built himself and his business up, ended up as a contestant on Top Chef, was a fan favorite. Everyone loves him. He has now built a, a, a little empire for himself, um, and it's it's really a very exciting show. He is he's coming out with a new book called Fabio's American Home Kitchen, and we happen to have an autographed copy of the book that we are going to be giving away. Here's how you enter this drawing to get the book. All you have to do is submit a question. You could submit it via Facebook, Twitter, Google. YouTube, or directly to us via email, you can call in. Everyone who asks a question will be entered into the random drawing. And on the day of the show, the day the show is, uh, is, is aired live, so that's the 16th of October, 10 a.m., we will have the on-air drawing, and uh, we'll tell you who wins the book. So the book is, um, is a pre-order. In fact, it's not even on sale until October 21st of this year. So we've got the book. We're going to be tweeting out pictures of the book. And uh, if you want an opportunity to win this new cookbook, autographed by Fabio himself, make sure you get your questions in. Well, we're going to be talking to Fabio about uh, his success, how he built his empire, confidence, what it's taken to get to the point where he is, how overcoming adversity is so important, how staying positive and focused, hard work. We're going to talk about it because I think that people see someone like Fabio and they say, wow, you, um, you, know, you, you kind of stepped in it. You're very lucky. 
And it's nothing to do with luck. It's about hard work, and we're going to talk to him about that. Uh, Fabio has a new line of cookware available at Bed Bath & Beyond. He's got uh, you know two cookbooks. He's going to be on upcoming episodes of um, Top Chef competitions. There's some of the, uh, I, I guess, the all-star shows that he's going to be doing. So we're looking forward to uh, to talking to him, and he's going to be on for a full hour. He will be answering your questions. He'll be uh, happy to, to talk to you about everything uh, food-related and, and business-related. So make sure you tune in for that show. Make sure if you want to have a chance to win that cookbook that you get your questions in, and we're going to enter you in the drawing. All right, next, October 23rd, we're going to have Captain Lee. So for those of you who are uh, big Bravo Network fans uh, and have seen the show Below Deck, it's actually a fascinating show. I like it a lot. It's it's all about um, yachting. It's all about a crew and a captain and uh, their adventures on this yacht that's hired by people who have a lot of money to uh, to sort of go on a weekend or four day excursion, and uh, Captain Lee is the captain of the boat. He's been on for two seasons on the show, um, but but Captain Lee is really a fun guy. Um, he is like a salty sea captain, somebody that you would picture uh, uh, on on a you know giant. Uh, Moby Dick type fishing boat, and he's he's really a, a fun guy. Um, but we're going to talk to him about leadership and and what it takes to run a boat because he's dealing with a crew comprised of of you know younger people, some more experienced people, a lot of different personalities, and they get paid based upon their their service. You know, they get tips and. Um, in order to make any money doing this, you've got to provide good service and you've got to keep everybody in order. So, it, you know, it, it's really sort of um, exciting. And, and, you know, the other thing that's interesting with Captain Lee is that prior to becoming a captain, which he didn't he didn't do until he was 35 years old, he was in the restaurant management business. So it, it's kind of exciting to... Uh, put those two together, you know, the management of a restaurant, the management of being a captain on a boat, you know, and these are huge boats that we're talking about. I mean, these are massive, massive yachts. Um, We're going to talk to him about it. You know, here he had a career change at the age of 35 and uh, now has been doing this for quite some time. So we're going to talk to him all about what it takes to be a leader uh, management skills, dealing with people and personalities. So you should tune in for that. Uh, if you want more information on Captain Lee, you can go over to bravotv.com and search up the show below deck and uh, all the information that you could ever want about Captain Lee is there. But make sure you get your questions in for him as well. We're not sure if there's a giveaway for that show. We're still working on that. But uh, make sure you tune in on the 23rd for Captain Lee. And finally... We have uh, on the 30th of October, motivational speaker Amy Applebaum. 
and um, we're looking forward to talking to her as well. She is an author. Um, she's a, an entrepreneur coach for uh, women. She's a, a very well-known business person, professional speaker. She's a life coach. Um, she founded a company called Boot Camp for Your Mind in 2002. She's worked with uh, television programs, including ABC News and TLC. Um, she's made appearances on the Martha, Martha Stewart Living Show. So uh, we're going to talk to her about being an entrepreneur, what it takes, success, and um, you know, get some insight from from her. We'll talk about some of her books and what information that that she can have now. So. Uh, for those of you who, who either listen live or download later, while this show with Amy is going to be great for male or female, she is focused on, on women's success in business. So if you are female, this is the show that you might want to pay a bit more attention to because her whole focus is on helping women succeed in business, and we're going to talk to her about that. So that's the rundown for October. I, I want to mention that we have some other celebrities that we are lining up for November, and um, they are near confirmed. I don't want to I don't want to give too much information, but um, you'll see towards the middle of October we'll start preparing the November list, and we've got some really exciting guests for November. So we'll get back to that later. But here's what I want to do for the remainder of the time that we're going to be on the air today. And it's probably not going to be a full hour today. Uh, I figure we'll get some uh, questions and answers out of the way, and then we'll go back to our regular schedule starting next Thursday with the interview with Rick Garrity. Uh, but before I do, one final note. Make sure that you are tuning in Monday mornings at 10. We do the Week in Review. We talk about legal and business news, uh, commentary, that sort of thing. Tuesday, we've got live legal Q&A. Wednesday, we've got Minding Your Business in the evening. And then Thursday, obviously, our Understanding Business interview program, which you are now listening to. All right. So I'm going to pull up the list here and start going through some of the questions that we have received. All right. So here's the first one. How can I sue a car dealership? for a faulty repair of a vehicle. I purchased my car, had it shipped out of state upon delivery. The right side of the car was damaged. Dealer didn't offer to fix it. Went back to the repair shop. Um, all right, so basically what we have here is you, you bought a car from a dealer and it's got repair work. Now, according to the question, it's $2,700 to repair the vehicle. All right, so can you, can you do something about this? Well, there's a few things you can do. First of all, when you're dealing with motor vehicles and you're dealing with the purchase of a vehicle, whether it's new or used, uh, most often your state's lemon law will apply. Now, the lemon law in each state is different. Some states require that you take your car into a mechanic three times the same problem and that you have it documented in order for the lemon law to kick in. Other states have limitations on mileage. Um, 
or the age of a vehicle. So what you need to do is you first need to understand what your state's lemon law is. Now, sometimes lemon law doesn't apply. Sometimes it has nothing to do with um, the car. It could be the mechanic. It could be uh, fraud committed by the dealership. It could be a whole host of things. It might not just be simply my car is a lemon. It could be the dealership swapped out parts, the dealership committed fraud, they lied to me about the uh, the mileage, and that's why the car isn't functioning right. whole host of things. So first, you try to figure out your lemon law, your state's lemon law. If you can't do that on your own, then get an attorney. You know, most attorneys nowadays will answer general questions for you. Um, and if they don't, then you might not want to deal with them to begin with. Uh, and obviously the Internet has a wealth of resources, a wealth of information. So you could go online, you could call an attorney, you could just get a general understanding of your lemon law. Most states have a Department of Consumer Affairs that provide fairly good information on your rights under the lemon law. So check that out. Now, if you determine that either lemon law doesn't apply or it's not a lemon law issue for some reason, but you believe that you have been wronged and you're entitled to some sort of uh, recovery of money, you have the option of suing the dealership, the manufacturer, whatever it might be. You know, in a lot of these cases, we used to do a lot of work for um, the Daimler Chrysler Group, and you had cases with unintended acceleration. So the the gas pedal, for whatever reason, um, just kind of made the car take off on its own, go through windows and restaurants and whatnot. And those cases, there was no lemon law discussed at all. It was purely a product liability case. There was a defective condition in the vehicle, and so lemon law didn't apply. So that just gives you an example about certain situations where you don't need to even look at the lemon law. So, all right, let's assume for a minute that lemon law doesn't apply. You have to sue. Well, what you can do this on your own to an extent. Now, the question that's asked today, the damages are $2,700. Is that a lot of money? Yes. Is it enough money to warrant hiring an attorney? Well, that's up to you, and here's why I say this. You might be entitled to $2,700 in this scenario based upon the facts presented, but you probably will not be entitled to any more money. Your damages are capped at 27 because that's the cost of the repair. Now, misconception is that you're entitled to attorney's fees if you're successful in your lawsuit. Reality is you're not. There are only a handful of times when you're entitled to recover your attorney's fees, even if you win. Those times are, are, are generally speaking, times when there's a statute that controls the matter, the, the type of case that you're filing. So, for example, in 1983 civil rights litigation, there's a, a fee-shifting provision in the statute so that if you recover, if your attorney can prove a civil rights violation, even if you don't recover much money as the plaintiff, the attorney is entitled to recoupment of his fees. There's one example. Another example would be in a consumer fraud case. Oftentimes, there's a provision in your state statute that allows for the recovery of attorney's fees. There's another one. 
maybe sometimes it's in a contract where it says, you know, if you lose, if you challenge, you file a lawsuit and you lose, then you must pay everybody's attorney's fees. But those are those are three times. And there are thousands and thousands of potential cases you can file. And you've got to understand that you're not entitled to your money back. So why do I tell you that? Because the damages here are $2,700. Can you hire a lawyer to sue the car dealer? Yes, you can. What do you think the cheapest lawyer that you hire is going to do for you? Probably very little. In the field of law, people complain all the time, paying my lawyer too much. And sometimes you do. Sometimes you find a lawyer who's overcharging you. He's not well go, uh, well versed at, at the area of law that he's trying to tackle. And you have a bad experience, just a bad lawyer. That happens. It happens everywhere. There's bad doctors, bad bakers, bad plumbers, and unfortunately bad lawyers. Then there's that old adage that you get what you pay for. There are some attorneys out there, because there's just an overabundance of attorneys, who will do work for pennies on the dollar, $100 an hour. $90 an hour. Well, unfortunately, getting what you pay for is um, an accurate description in cases like this. You can go hire an attorney for $90 an hour, and you're generally going to get $90 quality work. So, in the case here with the defective car, $2,700, if you hire a lawyer that's worth his salt, his or her salt, I should say, you're going to be paying somewhere around 200 300 350 an hour. And most attorneys are going to ask you to put down some sort of retainer payment. So if you get a lawyer at 200 let's say you get a lawyer at 200 an hour, you know, within five hours, you are halfway through, well, a little less than halfway through the money that you could potentially recover. Five hours. And five hours goes by relatively quickly when you're doing legal work, drafting a complaint, um, researching, maybe coming up with some discovery demands. Before you know it, your five hours is, is up and gone and you're almost halfway through what you could potentially recover. So, if you continue and you, you spend another five hours on the case, what are you actually going to recover? Very little. So there's a practical element behind this. That's why sometimes it's recommended that you try to handle the matter on your own. It's called pro se. It's, uh, it's not easy, but it's also not so complicated that you can't do it if you put the thought and effort into it. Most state websites, most state court websites, have a, um, a section that is geared toward pro se litigants, and it gives you some step-by-step directions as to how to file a complaint and serve process. If you're in New Jersey and you're interested in learning more about how to um, draft a special civil, which is the lower court, a special civil summons and complaint, head on over to our YouTube channel. There's links to the top of utlradio.com. You can also search me up. Um, I I believe that uh, if you search Peter Lamont or PJ Lamont 1, uh, you will be able to to go directly to the YouTube page. But there's a video on there that talks about how you file in New Jersey a special civil summons and complaint, and it's a video walkthrough. I take you step-by-step through the process 
of preparing and filing a special civil summons and complaint. Now, that would be important to a gentleman like this who has a $2,700 maximum recovery. He could file this lawsuit for around $56, depending upon the number of defendants, and maybe get some relief, get some results, because maybe they'd settle with him right off the bat, or maybe he has to litigate a bit and they'll give him some money. Who knows? But it might be well worth trying. Now, I just have to throw in a caveat. I do not advocate trying to handle your own case when it is a divorce matter, an intellectual property matter, a child support matter, very complex contracts, business contracts of any type, human resource litigation, or other commercial litigation. You should not do that on your own. That sort of work is complicated. You're outside, generally speaking, the uh, special civil or the lower court division, depending upon your state. Intellectual property cases, you're generally in federal court. Employment cases, discrimination, compliance, these are things you don't fool around with because there are very, very serious repercussions. So should you try those cases on your own? Should you be pro se in a divorce case? Absolutely not. Can you be pro se in a case where the damages are $2,700? Yeah. And we recently answered a question about a gentleman who lost his luggage. And the luggage has a value, at least in his mind, of around $300. He wanted to hire a lawyer. And he couldn't understand why none of the lawyers would lower their prices and, and you know allow him to hire them. Well, the problem is that his case was worth $300. And that's if you believe him on the value of the case. And I'm not saying he was lying, but things diminish in value over time. Luggage, generally speaking, does not retain its value. Perhaps if it's a Louis Vuitton piece of luggage, well, that's a different story. But generally speaking, luggage doesn't retain its value. So what do you want to do there? You know, you want to go spend even $100 an hour on, on a less experienced lawyer? You know, the thing with a less experienced lawyer, by the way, is it's going to take them longer to accomplish a task because they don't know how to do it. In three hours, at $100 an hour, the guy with the luggage is out. So it's just something that you need to, I think, understand and uh, sort of focus on a little bit when you are, are looking at your case and determining whether or not you need a lawyer. All right, so that's the answer to that question. I know I got a little off track, but I think it was important enough um, to, to get into some of those issues. All right, how does an employee sue for discrimination and retaliation? All right, so here is a primary example of something that you should not take on your own. Employment discrimination cases are complex. Typically speaking, you will be filing suit against an employer for discrimination under either your state law or the federal law. And if you're going to be going through the federal courts, typically you need to file a grievance or complaint with the Employment Opportunity Commission, the EEOC. And the way that it typically works is you notify the EEOC of your claim, you submit documentation to them. 
they assign a claims person who will investigate your claim. Sometimes they're really good. Sometimes they're really bad. They just, you know, it's, it's hit or miss. Sometimes you get a really good claims handler and a good investigator, and they do a thorough job, but most often than not, it's really a lackluster performance. So what happens after the EEOC inter, uh, investigates? Well, one of two things are going to happen. They're either going to determine fault and sue on your behalf, or, and this is, this is 90% of the time, they're going to tell you they've concluded their investigation, they cannot make a determination, and therefore you have the right to sue. It's called a right to sue letter. Now you've got your right to sue letter, you're going to need to get an attorney and sue them. Okay, So that's if you go through the federal way. How about going through your state law? Well, I'm going to give you the example of New Jersey. New Jersey has something called the law against discrimination. And every state has something similar. You just need to find out what your state's law is called. And the law against discrimination in New Jersey is modeled very closely after the federal laws. There are protected classes just as uh, as there are in federal law. Okay, So things like um, race, religion, sexual preference, um, age, those things are all protected categories under the law against discrimination in the state of New Jersey. So if you're a member of a protected class, let's say in this case it's age, let's say you are a 65-year-old, and you believe that uh, you have been fired and replaced by somebody who is 25 years old, and you've had no problems with your job up until the last month or two, and all of a sudden you started receiving a lot of negative feedback and complaints, and the next thing you know you're fired, and a week later you're replaced by a 25-year-old. You believe you were discriminated against. Do you have a claim? Well, in that scenario, you might. You have to understand that um, employment discrimination is not negligent. You know, negligence uh, litigation. It's not an auto accident. It's very fact-based, very um, you know, fact-dependent. So you might have a claim. Um, let's assume you do. What do you do about it? You get a lawyer. Okay, because a lawyer is going to help you maximize your chance of recovery. If you don't get a lawyer, you are going to be dealing with either in-house counsel or outside litigation counsel. Sometimes you'll have an insurance um, company on, on board uh, if, if you have uh, you know, certain allegations. Way, way beyond what the average person can handle. Way beyond. So, you know, it's something that you don't fool around with. Uh, I'll give you an example. We had... Um, a discrimination case where an individual had a medical condition and he was a member of a protected class and, um, you know, hands down, he was discriminated against. So he wanted to take the case on his own, he wanted to do it on his own, did not want to get a lawyer. And his primary reason was he thought his case was so strong that he didn't want to share a fee because on a contingency case, right, an attorney would typically get 33 and a third percent. He didn't want to get an attorney. He wanted to keep all the money for himself. So he filed the suit. They obviously denied all the allegations. 
And this continued on for two years. Now, now it's trial time. So he calls us up. He calls our office up and he says, I need to hire a trial attorney. I've handled the case myself. I didn't know that it was going to go to trial. And I'd like to hire you. So we looked at the file. You know, and we had to turn him down. Because in the course of the litigation, he didn't understand how important discovery was. Okay, Discovery is the period of time in between filing the complaint, getting the answer, and the trial time. And it's the time where you sort of exchange documents and you, um, you, you, you develop testimony. That's really where you build your case or your defense. So this gentleman, unfortunately for him, failed to take any depositions failed to exchange any meaningful discovery, and failed utterly to prove his case. And the burden of proof on a civil case for employment discrimination is on the plaintiff, meaning it is up to the plaintiff to prove that what he is alleging in his complaint is true. And he was unable to do that and then wanted to hire an attorney to sort of come into the trial. And we just couldn't take that case. You know, he was going to lose, and it's not, I mean, I, from, a, from a moral standpoint, I, I couldn't take the guy's money knowing that it was going to be a, a slam dunk, you lose case. And sure enough, he, we, you know, we turned him down. He got another attorney, and um, the case was tried right after the plaintiff presented his case. The defense moved to dismiss on the grounds that he had not submitted any evidence to support his claim, and the judge agreed, and the case was dismissed, and God knows how much he paid the trial attorney. But point is, not something you should do on your own has serious repercussions, and remember, the guy had a really good claim. So how do you sue? You get a lawyer for this because it's way beyond what you should be doing. Um, you've got to really understand the the law and and how to make it you know work for you. And, and it's just something that unfortunately is one of those cases you need a lawyer for. All right, let's take another one here. Okay, here. Um, I have filed a motion pro se, and it's been two months, and there's been no answer or decision from the judge. Is this normal? Well, it is normal. I mean, it depends on your state, and it depends on how motion practice is set up by your state's procedural rules. But I'll tell you, we've had cases in New Jersey, we've had cases in New York, we've had cases in California... And uh, a case in particular in New York that, that jumps to my mind is a case where we filed a motion for summary judgment in February of a particular year, and it wasn't decided until December of that year. I mean, almost a full year this motion sat on the judge's docket, and it wasn't decided. And, you know, why? Well, A, a lot of times... Um, depending upon your court, depending upon your county, your state, judges are overwhelmed. The courts are understaffed in a lot of states, and they don't have the manpower to go through a very complicated motion. Other times, 
they want to review things and they want to have their law clerks do sufficient research to make a um, a thorough determination as to who's right and wrong. So that's another you know reason why it might take so long. And then there's there's practical reasons. Judges get sick just like everybody else. Judges get shifted around. You know, being a judge is a job, by the way. They have to answer to an assignment judge or to a you know a, a, a presiding judge, and those judges have to answer to other people. It's a job. They're employees of the state. They call out sick. They get fed up. You know, they they need to take a mental health day, just like everybody else. A lot of reasons why delay can occur. So is a two-month delay in a motion decision, you know, extremely odd? No. No, it depends on the nature of the motion. If it is a motion that you're filing because the other side did not provide you with, with discovery, does the judge need more than a, a week or so to decide that motion? Typically not. Those motions are decided generally on the day that you go in for the oral argument or the judge decides it on the papers, meaning there's no... Um, you know, no presentation, no oral argument. So, again, unusual? No. But what do you do if you are concerned? Call. Call the court. Call the clerk. You know, don't call every day and make a make a pest of yourself because they're not going to appreciate that. But call the clerk. Ask the law clerk, you know, what the status is. When can you expect a decision that's completely acceptable. So, all right, let's uh, see if we can take maybe one more, and then I think we're going to wrap up for the day. Let's see. All right, we've got... Um, okay, here's another one. My daughter married a guy from England three weeks ago. He cheated on her. Is she still legally responsible to support him? Uh, let's read more about this. This one's interesting. She signed legal documents to support him. I don't know what that means. He came here on a fiancé visa. He's been cheating on her with several women. We need to know what she can do to not be legally responsible for him anymore. Can she get the marriage annulled? Can she get him deported? Any advice would be appreciated. Wow, there's a lot going on here. All right, let's take this piece by piece. Can she get the marriage annulled? Maybe, but from a legal standpoint, who cares? Because an annulment is something that is religious in nature. It's not a divorce. An annulment essentially means that the church, in most cases, the Catholic Church, recognizes that the marriage never took place. It's not a divorce. Now, she mentions a legal document where she signed away rights to support him. I don't know what that is or what that might be because that's not something that is typical. Now, we'd have to look at this fiancé visa that she is speaking about and see if there was some sort of uh, requirement in order to obtain the visa that you would have some sort of support from your fiance and, and obviously now wife. They've been married for three weeks. 
beyond that, what can she do? Well, she needs to file for divorce if if she's unhappy, if she believes that he's cheating on her. That's how you get rid of this. You know, you've got to go, and even though you've only been married for three weeks, you've got to you've got to get a lawyer and you've got to go through the process properly. Um, there's a lot at play here. Did did he really love her? Was he here just for the visa? What's he doing in the country? You know. All sorts of questions that need to be asked and not something you should handle on your own. Another one where you need a lawyer. People come in here all the time. They're looking to see an attorney in our family law department. And I hear the stories from them over and over. They thought they could do it on their own. They started a case. They looked for a reduction in child support. They tried to file file their own divorce. And it never, ever works out good. Get an attorney and, um, you know, handle this. Because if, if, if this is accurate and the guy cheated on her with multiple women, been married for three weeks, I would take every step to move this forward as quickly as possible because I would not want to be married to this guy. So, you know, it's a it's a unique and uh, sort of challenging question. There's a lot of unknowns here that we would have to discover and explore. But my advice on this one is definitely go get yourself an attorney immediately. All right. I think um, while we still have a number of questions that we could go through, I think what we're going to do today is that we're going to wrap it up today and um, we're going to be back, obviously, on Monday with the Week in Review with my co-host, Bob Hughes. We've got uh, a number of stories that we're working on that we'll be talking about on Monday. And then Legal Q&A back live uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Minding Your Business. And uh, we're going to talk on Wednesday on the Minding Your Business show. It's at 5 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be live both on the radio and live streaming on YouTube. We're going to talk about um, as a as a prelude for uh, Rick Garrity on Thursday of next week, we're going to talk about the idea of contracts and photography and what needs to be in a contract, what the purpose of a contract is. So that's next Wednesday, Minding Your Business, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, live on Blog Talk Radio and live streaming video on YouTube. Um, then... Again, Thursday of next week, Rick Garrity, professional photographer, uh, celebrity photographer. We're going to be talking to him about starting a business in photography, what you need to do, what you need to be aware of. We're going to talk about contracts and the protections of intellectual property, and um, it's going to be a great show. So make sure you submit your questions online through social media, um, in the comments section on, on, on Blog Talk Radio, uh, or on YouTube, or email us directly at info, I-N-F-O, info at utlradio.com, and we will ask your question live on air. You can always call in during the live show next week, 855-8831. That's the call-in number. Anytime we're broadcasting live, feel free to call in, and we'll try to get to your questions live on air. And then remember, in two weeks, Fabio Viviani, celebrity chef, will be on. And we've got that giveaway of his autographed, brand new, not even released cookbook. So how do you get that cookbook? How do you get a chance to win that? You need to ask a question. 
question can be submitted through Facebook, Twitter, Google, YouTube, Blog Talk Radio, or directly through email at info at utlradio.com. Every question will be entered into a random drawing, and the drawing will happen live on Thursday in two weeks when we have Fabio on with us. And whoever gets that, uh, that cookbook, we will obviously send it out to them right away. So you want to tune in to see who the winner is. We'll obviously publish it on all of our sites as well. Tune in. Make sure you get questions together for Fabio in two weeks. He's going to be talking about business and success and self-motivation and the importance of hard work and how he came from nothing to become the celebrity chef and TV personality restaurateur that he is today, author, you know, um, I guess general chick magnet, whatever you want to say. We're going to talk to him in two weeks. Make sure you get your questions in and you will get an opportunity to be entered into the drawing for his new cookbook. Any other questions? You want to see who's coming on in the near future? Go to utlradio.com, check out the programming schedule, look at the upcoming guests, listen to uh, past radio shows, and uh, you'll access our Understanding the Law video library. There's more on the YouTube page if you go there directly. There's uh, law basic videos. There's instructional videos. So I encourage you to do that. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd like to thank everybody for downloading these episodes. Thank you for subscribing. And thank you for your comments and feedback. We do this for you. We get nothing from this. You know, this is something that's a, a service that we think is so necessary and and quite honestly, I mean, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy talking to people, getting the questions that come in. I enjoy answering their questions. I enjoy talking to, you know, some of these these successful business people because it's it's really great. You know, why recreate the wheel? Why not learn from those people who have already been through the process and have become successful? And that's how I learn. And I think it's really um, a great experience. So I, I enjoy it. I hope you guys enjoy it, but I do want to thank you all for your comments and feedback. Uh, We listen to it all. I try to respond to it all, and I encourage you to keep it coming because it helps us create better content. Uh, So thank you, and, uh, you know, have a a good rest of your week. Have a good weekend. We'll be back Monday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. My co-host, Bob Hughes, we will go through the week. In review. Until then, I'd like to thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And remember that there's power in understanding the law.